automatic timer up. Dali Ali slips it through. Lucas Moura has scored! Welcome to Through the Thirds podcast with your host, Alistair Feezy. Hi guys, welcome to Through the Thirds podcast. Firstly, I hope you're all staying very safe and healthy in this very weird time we're experiencing. Our guest today, I'll go for goal. Go for goal are a football coaching company based in Tolworth, Surrey. We delve into more about who go for goal are. Paul touches on futsal and his experiences, and John tells us more about the goalkeeping side within Go for Goal. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Through the Thirds podcast. Thanks for coming on, gents. Um, appreciate your time. Just to get us started, if you want to um, just give us a brief introduction of kind of who you are, your role within uh, Go For Goal. I'll start, Ali. Hi, Ali. Thanks for having us on. I'm Andy, Andy Maciel, director of Go For Goal, founder member. Um, I'm, I'm joined with Paul Jones and uh, John, who I'll let them give themselves a little brief on. Yep. Hello, guys. I'm Paul. I joined. Um, I joined up with Golf for Goal. I used to work at the FA, and quite a while ago, made the made the jump back into the coaching world. Um, liked what Andy did when he had Golf for Goal the first time round, and and decided to make that jump from the FA and and join forces and move on from there. I'm John. Uh, I've been working with uh, Andy and Paul for around four to five years now. Uh, I worked part time for a little bit on the coaching on the side. And then uh, they offered me a full-time role about three years ago, and uh, that's what I do for a living now. Enjoy it. Lovely. Thanks for that. Um, so, how Andy, how did it all start? Go for goal. Where did you know? Where did you come from? Stuff like that. Well, like all of us, I'd always loved football. Uh, played it for most of my life, um, and then had a period where I wasn't involved at all. When I stopped playing, I, I managed a couple of sides. Um, and then I, I actually came out of the game altogether. And it wasn't until my son was born um, and he reached about four or five, started kicking a ball around. And um, as soon as I was able to take him to a club, I took him to a local club, uh, watched them training these lads for about three weeks and, and thought, listen, I, I could really help these guys a little bit. So I stepped forward and just asked if they wanted any help. Um, and uh, they welcomed it. And from there... I ended up taking the the, the whole um, kids section over, uh, got the got the boys going a little bit, but the problem then arose with parents. That was my first experience of unrealistic parents and kids crying and everything. Um, so I took my son away from there, um, went to another club, and I, I just really found it um, so enjoyable. Um, and then through that, someone asked me to to if I'd have a look at this this local club that were doing quite well and they, they wanted to add another age group, I went down and I was really impressed. Uh, to be honest, they were, they were exceptional boys, but um, the committee there said, look, we'd like to have you on board. And that's really where it all started. I got, I got um, going on my badges because up until then, I'd coached on knowledge I'd had as a player and from coaches that had coached me. Um, but I got involved with the, the, the coaching pathway with the FA, did my level one. Um, and quickly progressed to level two, and parents started saying to me, "You know, you really need to to do this for a living. You know, the kids love you and that." Um, and 
it was my daughter actually that sort of inspired me to do it because I was going on a course and, and she just happened to say to me, oh, dad, when you're around football, you're always really happy. Um, and this played on my mind all through that day. I just thought, you know, does that mean I'm a miserable git the rest of the time? And when I came home, spoke to my wife about it and she said, listen, you should go for it. And that's really how it all started. I took a big risk. I was already mid-40s by then. Um, and with my wife's support and the kids' support, I spoke to my son about it, who was by this time living in Germany, um, who actually is how John got involved with us. He went to school with John. Um, he said, Dad, do it. So I took the plunge um, and went into it full time. Um, started soccer school with six kids on a, first, on a Saturday morning. Um, I don't know what the numbers are now. John will tell you that because he's now managing all that and, and the numbers are far greater than six. Um, and from there, I just pushed on, you know, did all my courses, had some fantastic tutors, mentors, um, and it's evolved to where it is. I, I was kind of a one-man band and then grew with a couple of part-time coaches and, and then it really took a turn when I met Paul uh, we worked on a project together at Leatherhead. He, he was development officer for the FA. Um, we both turned out had, had a love for futsal, so we connected really well on that. He came to watch sessions, sort of missed the coaching. I got him on board with that. And then he just said, look, I love what you do. Um, and luckily, I, I, as the years had gone on, I'd, I'd got a, a, someone who'd offered to back, back me and invest, me, in, invest in me. I went and saw him with Paul and said, listen, I want Paul on board. We can take the company to another level. Um, he okayed it. Um, and Paul, Julie uh, had his notice in. And then we, we relaunched Go For Goal Limited, as we are now, with Paul and myself and Jan as directors. Jan Beck, who's our investor. Um, he's our third partner, kind of a silent partner, but, you know, so important within the company. Um, and then from there, we, we took John on part-time and then progressed to full-time. And we've gone to where we are now. Um, quite a journey. Uh, it's gone gone by very quickly. But when we sit back and look at what we've done, we've achieved a lot. And the next stage now is, you know, all the studying we do in Spain and, and everything, which I guess we'll discuss as, as this podcast goes on. And that's really where it all started. Brilliant. It's quite, a, quite an enjoyable journey, I bet. Um, so what would you say your kind of vision, mission is for... For the company like going forward or what has it been this is quite an open question so everyone you know feel free to jump in um well if i kick that off it, it's really progressing from where we are now is to take take what we've what we've got our experience um got a great team of coaches now a really really good balance of uh, mature um older co uh, coaches who've, who've, who've also played the game at quite a high level uh, right through to some really good bright young coaches um, all really working off the, the or my favourite saying is all pulling on the same rope, um, you know, in respect of the philosophy, the style of play and our focus on player development. Um, and we do that via uh, futsal. Paul and I have always been a big, big advocate of futsal and the, the studies we do in Spain um, and, and the other areas, you know, Paul, Paul will... Um, expand on the other areas yeah so i think where we want to get the company to where we want to get the coaching to and everything else is it's been quite a journey since we started and there's been so many lessons learned from 
anybody that's out there that's looking to kind of start a coaching setup and their own coaching company, all the things that we've learned along the way has now put us in a place where we know exactly what our offer is. Um, and that's what we like to feel sets us aside a little bit. Um, obviously, we've got the Spanish link, which we'll delve further into. and But it's also allowed us the chance to branch out into other areas. So when we took a team over to Spain, the first time we took a team over to Spain and we visited Barcelona, that triggered an idea that we should be doing this for more teams and more squads and getting people out there to see what that footballing experience is about. And that's where our kind of tour, our touring arm of, of the business grew. But if we hadn't have made those mistakes in the early days, not mistakes, but learned those lessons in the early days, it wouldn't have allowed us to, to move on from what Andy described as a soccer school with, with six kids to, to having different areas, a specialist goalkeeping, um, a big futsal element to, to everything we do and and then the other things where we can actually take players and give them a soccer experience in places like Barcelona, in Denmark and, and show them what what the football's all about in different cultures and that's that's including players that go from England, you know, players go from England and go and see um, the, the Camp Nou, they go and train on the facilities over there in Barcelona and see what that football's all about and that's really where our methodology um, was was born out of, and that was just that just came about from trying to take a squad over to Spain to just do something a little bit different, and it's really shaped the direction we've gone in. Um, in that we've now got a whole backbone of everything we do based on ultimately a Spanish methodology that was that was born out of Catalonia that we were continually expanding on and 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 progressing and evolving, which is quite an exciting chapter now we're on to. Brilliant. Um, so you touched on futsal. How uh, important is that within your methodology and your kind of programme that you're running? I'd say it's huge. I mean, futsal's in the UK, futsal's still very, very much in its infancy still. Um, and if you consider I first kicked a futsal ball back in 2000, 2005, I was introduced to it by a, by a former manager of mine who happened to be partially sighted. Um, was an excellent footballer as, as a youngster and then and then quite early quite early on started to lose his sight and then the actual national game of, of football for partially sighted players in the UK's futsal. Um he went on to Captain England and be the he's actually the most capped England player of, of all time and he's had a long successful career. So what he did was in a build up long time ago to one of the competitions that they were entering in as, as the England national team. A lot of the players were encouraged to go and play some more mainstream um, futsal. So we were all coaching for him at the time and he, he threw together a team and off we went um, over to Tranmere, over, over near, near Liverpool and played a futsal fixture, a couple of futsal fixtures over there. I actually played my first game in a pair of Converse All-Stars because all I knew was I had to have a pair of indoor shoes. I um, you know, And I didn't know anything about the game. So, so that's what I played my first game of futsal in. And I've got to say, the second I played it, I fell in love with it. Um, such a such a tactical game. A lot of people confuse it with being such this high skill and flicks and flair. But the thing that I love so much about it is the tactics that are involved. And and we went from there. We we formed a national league team out of it, um, and and had some great successes with with futsal. And the passion for me, what came from that, was on the coaching front. I've always been a real fan of tactics and set pieces and 
things like that and, and a lot of the things around futsal there's quite a lot of crossover between futsal and basketball in terms of the rules and the courts you know you're playing within a parameter of a court um and i just liked the tactics i liked the movements part part of it so when i moved down down to the south of england i, I found a futsal team and I, funnily enough the person louis melville who now heads up our futsal program for go for goal he was my first futsal coach when i moved down south um, and, and we played, we had a few good successful years in the National League um, over here playing and he now coaches for us, works for us full time delivering our futsal programme. But that's how I came to meet Andy really was our passion for futsal. He'd, he'd already had a bit of a programme running with Go For Goal and I wanted to do some, continue doing some coaching in futsal while I was at the FA and that's how we, that's how we met. I joined his successful programme and we've had some great successes with them. Um, we've we've won the nationals three times at, at two different age groups. Um, we've been up to the nationals most of the years that the FA Futsal Youth Cup's been running. Um, but but other than that, we just we introduced it to so many players, and that was that was the beauty of it. And for me, the most important thing was doing it properly, doing doing futsal in the right way. It it can sometimes be used as a bit of a niche, you know, to say that you're doing something different. Um, but for me, unless you're doing futsal, how futsal should be played, you're not really coaching it properly. You're, you're kind of conning it a little bit. And that's what I liked about um, Andy and how he was doing it and how we've done it is is we've done it in a way that I believe is is futsal. Um, and we've studied hard at it for, uh, in order to do that. I was lucky enough then to get the opportunity to work with a Welsh national squad. Um, a friend of mine who used to work with me at the FA, he took the manager's role on. An opportunity came about a few years ago for me to go and do some coaching with the, with the national team over there, and we've been to some some great places and played some great fixtures and had a good good qualifying rounds for European Championships and so on in the process of doing that. And uh, that again has just been another opportunity and another another eye opening thing for for us on the international stage, um, and it's it's been brilliant. How um. How important do you feel it is for a player's development, like futsal? Huge. Uh, for, for, a, for a football player to be exposed to futsal, the crossover, the benefits from taking the small game into the bigger game is huge. Uh, what I would say on the flip, flip of that is what's, what's interesting is you sometimes find the best soccer players don't always transpire to be the best futsal players. That's that's a key difference. What the, the transferable skills from futsal to football are everywhere. Um, you break the pitch down into smaller into smaller pitches, the size of the court, and you play in a five v five, and it works. A four v four, and it works. But the, the the flipping of it from taking football techniques into futsal doesn't quite work as as seamlessly. Um, so all of the skills, all of the tactics, all of the techniques that you can learn from futsal. 100% aids a player's development. I mean, look at the players that have grown up on futsal, uh, South American players, players that do accredit it to, to what they've done through in the football world. It's got to have, got to have an impact um, on, on their development. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you see a lot of coaches pushing so much unopposed, like ball manipulation stuff. It's like, just go play futsal. You know, absolutely. Small spaces, small spaces, quick thinking. Um, and like I said before, a lot of people confuse it with being 
tricks and flicks and flair. And there's a huge part of that in the game of futsal, just like there's a huge part of that in the, in the game of football. But what I will say is it makes you think quick. Small areas, a game of risk, drawing an opposition onto you and exposing behind, fast passing, fast movements, reacting when you lose the ball. All of those skills, if you're going to play futsal at the highest level, you must have. And inevitably, if you're going to play football at the highest level, you also must have those. Um, and it's so fast and opposed. The, the key to it is it being opposed. All of the football, all the coaching that we do, there's always an element of opposition so that we can create that pressure. You create that pressure, you create fo- more forward-thinking players, quicker decisions being made. And that's the beauty of it for me. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. How, um, you say you kind of helped out with Wales futsal, how would you kind of integrate the goalkeepers within, within that? Would it be... Goalkeepers are mainly what, I guess, chosen. Are they good with their hands or mainly just because their feet? Um, a bit of both. A bit, a bit of both. I mean, if you're going to be a futsal goalkeeper, you've got to be a bit crazy, um, which I'm sure when we talk about goalkeepers and craziness, it does, you know, that's kind of probably the most overused sentence in football and John will probably agree with that. But you <laughs> yeah. do have to have a little bit of craziness about you if you're going to be a goalkeeper because you're getting the ball shot at you all the time. Um. Good shot stopper, probably the first thing that we look at. Um, got to make themselves big. When that ball's travelling at you, the speed that the futsal ball travels at you, you've just got to get in the way of it. Um, different techniques to, to football, which I'm sure John will touch on more than with my limited knowledge of goalkeeping, but different technique. But you've got to also be able to use your feet as well because that ball has to keep moving quickly. Right. John, do you want to touch on that? What would you look for in a kind of creating a futsal goalkeeper, I guess, what, or developing a futsal goalkeeper? I know you worked with some when you said you went up to um, competitions and that. Yeah. Um, like, like Paul said, it's, it's difficult. I mean, for me personally, first and foremost, there's a goalkeeper. You, you do have to be a little bit crazy um, because ultimately you ask any goalkeeper, well, the reason I enjoy being a goalkeeper is I enjoy ball flying around and having balls kicked at me, basically. Um, and in futsal, obviously, it's a, it is a different technique in in terms of um, how fast you're having to think, and obviously the pitch size and your role has to change within the rules, etc. Um, so yeah, as a futsal goalkeeping or goalkeeper, I think first and foremost you need to be brave. Um, you need to be aware of what's going on around you. You need to tactically be astute as well to be able to manipulate attacks or be alert to danger what's going on around you um, and again like Paul said a lot of it does cross over into 11 asides goalkeepers now I mean you look at it best goalkeepers in the world are sort of the last sort of 10 years would be Neuer, Stegen, Edison, Allison. despite being fantastic with their hands and generally being a good presence as a goalkeeper ultimately their their main strength is their ability to use their feet um, so, yeah, personally for me, I think futsal and in 11 side or 7 side or 5 side, whatever it is, being able to manipulate the ball using your feet is probably the most important asset you can have now. I think what, just to jump in on that, one, one of the key rules in futsal is obviously the goalkeeper only has four seconds on the ball um, to, to distribute and every time they have it, unless they cross the halfway line, which is a tactic that's, in, that's employed. You'll see that sometimes even at international level. 
a goalkeeper will cross over the halfway line and, and make that fifth outfield player um, in what we call a fly keeper. A lot, of, a lot of the times it's an outfield player that substitutes himself on to assume that role, but there are, there are teams even at international level that utilise a goalkeeper to do that. In their own half and when they're getting the ball playing, they only have four seconds to get that ball into play. So seeing the movement, seeing where everybody's going, they've got a library of calls that they have to play. So, so a number one might be to go and do this, this, these movements, and they've got to know all of the cogs that are going to work in that. So, yes, crazy, but at the same time, they've got to be also be probably the most intelligent player out there because they've got limited time, and they nine times out of ten are the ones that are starting a pattern of play that what we're looking for as a coach is is to end with a with a scoring opportunity. And they're an integral part of that of of the cogs that go into place to for that for that to happen. So so yeah, they they, they certainly have to think quick and think on their feet. Yeah, speaking to um, I, I delivered a, a classroom session um, which we can touch upon to the goalkeepers that we currently work with at our local grassroots club. Uh, one of the questions I asked them was, "Do you think you have the most important position on the pitch?" Um, and from I'd say 90% of the kids all turned around and said no, which was it I found was quite interesting, apart from one uh, player who piped up and he said, well, yeah. He said, ultimately, if, if we don't concede a goal, we don't lose a game. So, which for me, was as simple as it sounds, is absolutely genius. Um, I mean, he's, he's only nine years old and he's already thinking, well, if I can keep a clean sheet or don't let any goals in, um, we've already got one point from the game. Can I then look on to if if we can then if our attacking players manage to score at least one goal and we don't let any in, we've got three points. So strategically as well, you have to be very very intelligent. Which yeah, that answer was fantastic for me to be honest. Yeah, let's delve into a bit more goalkeeping. Um, John, what do you do? What what's your main kind of role at Go for Goal? So you you run kind of the goal goalkeeping side of it. What, yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. So my. Um, um, I've got a few roles uh, within Go for Goa. So uh, I head up our, so- our soccer school on Saturday mornings, which is might be called like a development centre. Uh, it's just an opportunity for kids to come in of all all levels, players that probably aren't part of the team yet, or players who have just turned uh, five years old, looking to get into football and just get into the environment of playing with other other people their age. Um, just want to know the basics, get themselves prepared basically so that we can, they can lead on and join a local grassroots club. So I sort of oversee um, our soccer school, which is in partnership with our, uh, yeah, sorry, with our partners, Tolworth Goals Centre, um, which is good. Um, obviously managing uh, the staff can be tricky at times, but uh, it's part of the fun, uh, trying to make sure that we, everyone's aligned to what we, the expectations, etc. Um, and then, yeah, recently, um, I'd say the last sort of 18 months, a lot of my work's been uh, more diagnosed towards pushing on with the goalkeepers. So um, just a bit of a background into it. I, I first joined up with Andy on a part-time uh, basis and he asked, when he was asked, when he interviewed me and asked me about who I am, etc. Uh, I said, I'm a goalkeeper. And uh, as Andy's mentioned, I went to school with his son, Jordan. Um, we played in a school football team together. Um, so he, he sort of he passed that information to the the clubs that he was working with, and they said, "Oh, look, we, we wouldn't mind if John can do twenty minutes here or there with our goalkeeper because he's he's struggling with his goal kicks or he's struggling with just 
they'd never had any real training. Can it, would he might? And I said, I've, I've been more than happy to do it. Um, which I re- obviously really enjoyed um, because goalkeeping is a very specific skill set. Obviously, there is a lot that over overlaps with outfield players, but as a goalkeeper, there are the main differences you can use your hands. So, if a goalkeeper's coming into the the, uh, the position without actually knowing the, the different hand techniques and the positions, etc., it can be quite difficult. So that was quite uh, good for me to be able to jump on with that. Uh, which led to now that we work over at Leverheads, um, we also do uh, we offer a goalkeeping session for all of the grassroots players from uh, under under eights we start with and then all the way through to the under 16 so um yeah just work with kids of all ages um which is really interesting obviously it's it is good fun to be able to see um the kids on an outfield perspective but in a in a smaller group environment when it's position specific it's fantastic to be able to see the ones that I've got certain areas of the game that I need to work on. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm currently working on at the moment. Um, is just trying. I, to... I think I think the key to us at, at Goal for Goal is we've we've like John John's come in when when John John came in as a goalkeeper coach. First and foremost, that's his area of expertise. That's an area that we want to develop as a, as a as a coaching provider. We want to be able to provide that service. But like everything, while we're growing. Um, we all have to fill in different roles and and other bits as well. Louis, who's come in to do our futsal, he's had to jump in and and help in other areas. Myself and Andy, as as the directors, we got to kind of jump in in all the different areas of, of the business. But the, the key to us is we're trying to build a culture of coaches that are experts in their given given areas. They accept that they've got to do other roles within within the organization within the things that we're doing but if our, our aspiration is to get to a place where john is concentrating solely on goalkeeping louis concentrating solely on futsal um we've made that decision that andy you know andy heads up all of our coaches and he and he signposts those coaches into into roles which best suit their their attributes and by doing that we we create this culture amongst our coaches where we've got the right people in at the right places and if we do that, we, ultimately it means that we can provide a better service. We can, we can. Let's not forget the most important piece in this jigsaw is the players. And if the goalkeepers are being coached by a good goalkeeper coach, the outfield players are being coached at the right level, at the right age, um, specific coaching with experts that are in that field. And we're overseeing that. And the futsal players that want to come and play and try futsal are going to a futsal expert. Um, then we are offering a real, real good service and, and doing the best by those players as opposed to just come along and, and get involved and, and not really have that expertise in, in those areas. Now, when I, I say the word expertise loosely because we're all learning, we're on a fantastic learning journey within, within, the, within Goal for Goal and, and that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on is the coach education that we, that we look to give to our coaches that, that come on board so that Ultimately, that can be passed on to onto the players that come under that come under our care. Yeah, I think you've kind of um, <clears throat> summed it all up well there. Um, <clears throat> culture is massive, especially for me and like in the company, and it's um, yeah, it helps create a good kind of uh, basis for the players. Really. Uh, so, kind of just to finish up, what um, or who? Sorry, 
has kind of inspired you on your coaching journey, like a mentor, someone who you know you've like looked up to, might be a top coach. Um, I'll I'll start off. I suppose um, my first sort of obviously early, we went to university together and did our football coaching degree. Um, one of the biggest selling points I had there was uh, the coach, the coach tutor, or the the head of the the. The head of the course, sorry, uh, was a guy called Dave Adams, who, who's worked really closely within the Welsh FA and um, his experience of working with Swansea City and other pro clubs was a brilliant opportunity for me not only to get a coaching degree, but learn from who was regarded as one of the top coaches within Europe at the time. Um, so that was my first real um, sort of inspiration. And then obviously when uh, I came back, from uh, university we obviously did a spell in America which was great fun but I sort of lost my way a little bit and felt it was more that I was only really doing holiday club based stuff whereas I wanted to get into coaching and uh, see if I could do it as a full-time education Um, so obviously like Andy said I went to school with his son um, and I got in touch with Andy and for me personally one of the reasons I'm still with GoForGo and how I've managed to get to where I am with my coaching is watching Andy's delivery and the knowledge uh, that he's got and his experience. I mean, when I went, when I was only working part-time, I was, I was working in my local secondary school in the PE department, uh, finishing there at 25 past four and had to get a train because I didn't drive at the time and in 11 minutes. Um, so I used to sprint down to the train station um, be absolutely knackered before I'd even got to later what was classed as work with working with Andy and just sort of, it wasn't a paid role. It was just more like a volunteered role just to be able to go and observe and watch as many coaches as I could. And for me personally, in my experience so far, I'd say Andy's the best coach that I've had the opportunity of watching and learning from. Um, is that with me a close second, John? Yeah. Yeah. It is you as well. Don't worry about that, Jones. I mean, uh, you're, you're a fantastic human being to be around. Um, <laughs> but I think I'll um, take that. I'll Andy's, take that. Andy's delivery and uh, his knowledge and, the things that he sees on the pitch have definitely moulded me into the the technical detail um, that I I've sort of picked up on at the moment. But obviously, Jonesy, you are uh, also very knowledgeable and good with the kids, so that's that's always a good habit to have as well. <laughs> Coffee as well, don't you, John? Yeah, he's not bad at making the drinks. I mean, he's very he's particular. But again, we've learned we've we've come to a decision that I'm not fantastic, but they keep making me retry and retry because practice makes perfect. So. Um, I'm, I'm working on that. I, I mean, I, on, on what on what you're saying there about Andy. I mean, it's it go go for goal is Andy. Um, all, all of us continue to learn from him. Um, and one one of the biggest influences that's on us at the minute came about from the meeting that 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 we had. Obviously, we mentioned Jan and he's he um, is, is the owner of Bromby in Denmark and. When he first took over the club, the coaches of Go for Goal had the opportunity. It was before I joined, but the coach had an opportunity to go over and and see how the operation works over there, from the academy right the way up to the first team. And there was a guy called Albert Capellas who was um, who was working there at the time. He was he was number two to Thomas Frank, who's now um, Brentford manager. And and straight away, Andy Andy and himself had an affinity, and it kind of comes out of the passion for coaching. Albert's an incredible man and we've we've learned a lot from him over time and, and we continue to learn a lot from him. We've you know, we're just about to go on a venture with him, which is gonna be so exciting that we'll touch on 
further down the line, I'm sure with you and and fill you in on everything that's that's to do with that. But he's he's such an inspirational inspirational coach. Um, I mentioned uh, one of my first futsal coaches was Steve Daly. Like I said, most captain England player um, across all the platforms of of English football, and and he was such a such a passionate coach about what he did, but so astute with his tactical awareness. And, and that's the kind of stuff that floats my boat in terms of coaching. Then you look at further afield and, you know, we're all watching um, the last dance at the minute um, about, about the Bulls and Michael Jordan and, and Phil Jackson's a huge part of that. And, and, you know, even somebody outside of, outside of our game, you can draw so much inspiration from him, um, his book Sacred Hoops and how he how he delivered and just how he got such high performance out of those players um, over a sustained period of time is, is just phenomenal. And there's so much that you can drag from those side of things into, into your own. And, you know, there's so many. There's, there's so many even, you know, we, we'd be wrong to say that we're not inspired by Pep and... Yeah. By Jurgen Klopp yeah. in in the in the Premier League, yeah. and yeah. and those things. You two obviously being Spurs fans in the Pochettino days, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get inspiration <laughs> from it. But we won't we won't delve too much into that into that one. But as long as long as you take snippets of each and you build your own, that's the most that's the most important thing for me. There's there's nothing I can't stand more than a copycat coach, um, yeah. because because that's not actually you're not actually being true. You you're just you're just putting a session on. Um, and I find it very hard to, to coach that you could coach if you're just putting a session on and, and you're copying something. You've got to get an understanding of it and a feel for it. And you, ultimately, you've got to be able to communicate with the players. If you can't get that communication right with your players, you could be as good as you want, but they're not going to understand it. So loads of places that we've drawn our, our inspiration from and developed our own methodology um, that, that we deliver with a with a very... Kind of Spanish influence to it, um, which was if you look further back afield, that's influence from Johan Cruyff and, and and the Dutch. So it's it kind of goes on a journey around, and we're starting to build our own methodology based on the good bits that that we like out of all of that. Nice quality, um, Paul John. Thanks, thanks a lot for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. No, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Andy, Paul and John from Go For Goal. Andy had to leave for an important call, but we'll get them back on in part two, where we can talk about the methodology going forward and their link with Spain. Paul mentioned some great talking points within futsal, and John shared with us what was important when developing a goalkeeper within futsal. Don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe. Please leave as many comments as you can. I do enjoy feedback and I hope you all stay safe and healthy within this weird time. Take care. Thank you.